In the year 218 BCE, a Carthaginian man launched a war against the Roman Empire. Over the following years, he continually surprised the arrogant leaders of Rome and developed military tactics that are still studied and emulated to this day. And then, it all kind of went to shit. In this week's episode of HPH, we're taking you through his rise and fall and telling you all about how he changed warfare forever. Grab a drink, settle in, and enjoy the tale of ancient glory that is this episode of Hunter Proof History titled Hannibal, the Manable with the Planable. This is Hundred Proof History. We're drinking whiskey and talking history. So, grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy a few laughs as the guys talk about all the horrible things people do to each other. Here are your hosts, Chris and Greg. Hello, Christopher. (laughs) You know what you look like to me with your good bag and your cheap shoes. You look like a rube. A well-scrubbed, hustling rube with a little taste. Good nutrition has given you some length of bone, but you're not more than one generation from poor white trash, are you, Christopher? And that accent you've tried so desperately to shed? Pure West Virginia. What's your father, dear? Is he a coal miner? Does he stink of the lamp? You know how quickly the boys found you. All those tedious, sticky fumblings in the back seat of cars. <laughs> or you could only dream of getting out, getting anywhere, getting all the way to the FBI. <laughs> oh, getting the Silence of the Lambs jokes just right out of the gate, man. Fantastic. Love it. Hey, I don't see Wolf Dick in the background. Where is he? I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. (laughs) Would you fuck me? (laughs) Oh no, he's not wearing pants. Jesus Christ. (laughs) He's, oh my God. (laughs) Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. I'd I don't fuck know me if, so hard. if jokes land when they're Zoom jokes and they're just for me, seeing you tucked. I don't know if that, if that landed with the listener. Oh god! I think damn. they can imagine what I just did over the Zoom. Woo! <laughs> well, hello, Clarice. How are you? I'm doing great. Oh, I was in kind of a bad mood, but man, seeing you all tucked away like that. Oh, I just. I'm glad we're talking about Hannibal Lecter, you know? It's going to be a fun episode. Yeah, very, very exciting thing about a very real person. Mm-hmm. Psychologist who murdered people and ate them. Yep. That's right. No, Greg, we are talking about Hannibal Barca. What? The Carthaginian general who fought against Rome. Well, I'm glad I got all dressed up. <laughs> that is a fancy kimono you have on right now. <laughs> Got a small stuffed toy dog next to you. Some lotion in that basket over there. I like that somehow you're both Hannibal Lecter and Buffalo Bill. We've just, you've combined the personalities. Well, they're very similar. 
They are very That's similar. why Hannibal Lecter helped to find Buffalo Bill. Spoiler alert. Oh, my God, shut up. For that, what, 1991 movie, probably? Yeah. I'm guessing? Yeah. I think it's not. Some of our listeners' moms got knocked up after that movie. <laughs> oh, anyway, today, Greg, we're having a very special episode. Are we? No, not really. I, oh. there's not, it's a fun, it's a fun story. There's nothing really that special about it. I was just thinking about this. I'm having fun. I, good. I'm glad. <laughs> well, you put your pants back on. I mean, the I joke did. is over. They're, okay. They're back on. <laughs> I'm surprised you're able to tuck that thing with that pee filled condom you always wear. My birthday pants. <laughs> no, I was thinking about this. Whatever happened to the very special episode? Do you remember that? Like when you're growing up, like, Home Improvement, tonight, on a very special episode. Dad, I don't want to die. Like, you don't see that shit anymore. The very serious sitcom. Like, there's never the uh, young Sheldon where he's like, Walker told me I have AIDS. Bazinga! <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you remember the polar opposite of those episodes where it was like, you remember that time? And then it was just flashbacks the entire fucking oh, episode. The oh, clip I remember show. that time. That reminds me of this other time. And then it yeah. just showed a clip from another episode. It's like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Especially because back then you waited all goddamn week to watch that show. Like, mm-hmm. you weren't streaming, couldn't record anything. You're like, I gotta be home at 8 o'clock, man. I gotta be home so I can see Cheers. And the commercials were always like, on a brand new... You fucking lied to me. (laughs) Anyway, today our source is Hannibal by Patrick N. Hunt. That's Mike's brother. (laughs) Good old Mike Hunt. Uh, And the music we sampled in the beginning there was, of course, the revered Q. Lazarus, the song Goodbye Horses, from the hit 1991 question mark movie, Silence of the Lambs. Greg, I just looked it up on my computer device, and you are correct. That is the hit 1991 film, Silence of the Lamps. I don't know why I remember that. Well, we haven't done this in a while, and I'd, I'd like to take the opportunity to remind everybody we are on social media at 100ProofHistory, and you can find us at 100ProofHistory.com. And if you guys like what you hear, maybe think about subscribing to our Patreon the link is on hunterproofhistory.com and you get little bonus episodes and uh two day early releases and man it's just it's really worth the 3 bucks a month that we desperately desperately need and yeah we're over what 60 hangover bonus episodes at this point yep we release them every week even during breaks and all that so and there are 20 something bonus episodes from our beginning days that are oh, available yeah. on there to you guys um so Oh, well over 80 things that you cannot get anywhere else besides the Patreon. So This is a $1,259 value that you get <laughs> for only $3 a month. I like it. All right, Greg. This is going to be a long story, I feel like. Um, so are you ready to dive in to Hannibal? I've never been more ready in my life, Clarice. <laughs> Hannibal, his bite is worse than his barca was born in the city of Carthage, modern-day Tunis, in the year 247 BCE. His name loosely translates to Baal, be gracious to me, Baal being the Carthaginian god of fertility, 
whose presence existed in the form of thunderstorms. This is what I was telling my wife. Just because yeah. it's, it's not pluralized, I only have ball, doesn't mean <laughs> that I can't be fertile. That's right. <laughs> it's probably what it was. It's just a very insecure God. You're like He's like, ah, I lost one of them. What, what's not taken? Fertility? That's me. Here I am. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this big wrecking ball. They call me Cyclops. <laughs> Miley Cyrus rides on this thing. <laughs> Nude. <laughs> Uh-oh. Around the time of Hannibal's birth, his daddy, Hamilcar, was selected to lead the Carthaginians, or Punics, as they were known in Rome, in war against the Romans in what became known as the First Punic War. It was not called that at the time, I'm pretty sure. No. Like, they're like, first? What, what the fuck is this bullshit? What do you mean, first? Like, World War I is like, oh, well, I'm getting shipped off. Got to go fight in World War I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the stupid uh, misogynistic jackass that every time he introduces his wife at a party, he's like, this is my first wife, Clarice. <laughs> like, no. By the time Hannibal was six, the First Punic War had been raging on for 20 years. The Carthaginians had actually scored a major victory in Sicily, at which point the government leaders in Carthage assumed Rome would give up the fight, and so they just recalled all their ships. Like, okay, won that battle, time to go home. War's over, right, fellas? Well, Hamilcar warned them that he saw Romans cutting down a shitload of trees and building ships, but they ignored him. I probably just fishing. Won that fucking battle, man. They're, uh, you know, we got this shit. Hey guys, I'm pretty sure they're building more ships. They just start fucking beer bonging, <laughs> shotgunning beers. Hamilcar's a pussy. <laughs> God damn it, guys. Doing keg stands, having bromances. Mm-hmm. You know how it goes. Yep, that's exactly You've celebrated how celebrated a uh, local football team victory before. <laughs> that's how you do it. Just make out with a dude. Well, predictably, Hamilcar was right, and the Carthaginian fleet was completely destroyed. Rome took basically everything from Carthage in the peace treaty. Hamilcar was super pissed. When Hannibal was nine, his dad took him to an altar, made him sacrifice an animal, or maybe a human, depending on the source, and he sacrificed it to the god Baal, and then he made Hannibal swear that he would always have an undying hatred for Rome. This 100% happened. Yeah, I don't know where this story comes from. and That's something we should address here, and I meant to address earlier. Um, the story of Hannibal comes completely from Roman historians. And so they're already biased against him. They don't really fucking care for him. Like They always like begrudgingly accept that he was good at war. You know, it's like when you're playing... Call of Duty or Rocket League or something and you think the team you're playing is just complete fucking garbage but they get put up a fight and you're like alright GG yeah you guys you guys are pretty good I appreciate the effort that's kind of how they approached the story of Hannibal they're like this guy's a barbarian piece of shit uh, he hated Rome more than anything had to swear an oath to hate Rome but uh, I don't know man he was pretty good yes Okay, thank you. <laughs> I don't have anything to say. I did get... Uh, actually, 
I did get a good laugh last episode where I was, I said something about 21,000 pictures. Like, man, that's a lot of birds. You're like, thank you, Chris, for adding that to the show. (laughs) (laughs) For that insight. (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) Well, the Barca family then up and booked it out of Carthage for the promised land of Spain. Once they were in Spain, Hamilcar took up protecting the Carthaginian-owned silver mines from the various tribes. Over the next ten years, Hamilcar taught Hannibal and his two brothers, Hasdrubal and Mago, the ways of war. Sadly, when Hannibal was 18 or 19, his dad was attacked by the Vatoni tribe. Hey, we're the Vatonis! (laughs) You guys gonna pay up, or what are we paying for? Uh, let's just say a little uh, protection. A little protection. Oh, I've already got my piss condom on. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's not quite what I mean. Right, Tony Pepperoni? That's right, boss. So uh, go ahead and pay up. We don't take these baseball bats to your Honda Civic. How come you never order from Vatoni Pizza? You always order from this other place. And like, oh, You guys all get your, your shit from the same place. It's all the same distributor. That one's closer and cheaper. Ah, now we have to kill you! Wrong fucking answer! (laughs) Do they make their stromboli fresh? Yeah, they fucking make their stromboli fresh. What about their peppers and their sausage and, uh, linguine and the gabagool? (laughs) Well, during the battle with the Vatoni, Hamilcar was seriously wounded. Fearing for his sons, he led the attackers away to a nearby river where he fell and drowned. His son-in-law, also named Hasdrubal, was made leader of the Carthaginian forces, but he was assassinated by the Celts five years later, thrusting Hannibal into the role of commanding general. Yeah, Hasdrubal is like John. Yeah, this Carthaginian for John. Um, Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, (laughs) his name is my name too. Thank you for saving that, because I was just repeating exactly what you said. Like, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Greg's right, you guys. Listen to Greg. Classic Chris contribution. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Once Hannibal was the general commander, he immediately went to work using the riches from his silver mines to build and buy a well-trained and well-equipped army. Alongside his soldiers and cavalry, Hannibal also had about 40 elephants with tusks that were either sharpened or had metal razor tips placed on them. Dumbo stars in Dumbo 2. Dumbo's revenge. (laughs) You took my mom away. Now I'm going to take your fucking city away. (laughs) (laughs) Are the racist crows still in the movie? I haven't seen the movie with... Since I was a kid, were they racist crows? Yeah, no, they were They were super racist. They were Jim Crows, Greg. Oh my god. <laughs> Using this force, Hannibal quickly wiped out resistance through most of Spain. Rome was busy with another war at the time, and they initially didn't give a shit about Hannibal. But they had their eyes on Spain too, and laid claim to the city of Sagunto. Which, uh... I don't know what Saguntum is, but it sounds disgusting. Sounds like some bacteriological growth. Yeah. Somewhere where you don't want to think about it, you know what I mean? It's like my taint is extra fuzzy because I have a bad case of Saguntum. Yeah, I went there, Greg. 
I wasn't going to leave anything to the imagination. I need people to know what my taint looks like. It's like a tennis ball, but brownish red. <laughs> Very swollen. It's like this protuberance between my testicles and my butthole. I, I don't know, man. God. <laughs> Most sacks kind of, they go down and they come back up. Mine goes down and then just kind of connects to the butthole. <laughs> it's grown together. It's fused. <laughs> like a 600-pound man fusing with his couch because he hasn't moved in six years. That's my testicles and my taint. Oh, boy. Continue. <laughs> okay. Well, to Hannibal, Rome claiming Saguntum was a declaration of war. And so, he launched a siege on the heavily fortified city. Over the next eight months, he surrounded and starved the city. When he finally broke through the walls, he and his men learned that the citizens of Saguntum had resorted to eating their own children. They watched as the starving, emaciated Saguntines tossed themselves into fire out of fear and grief. Or maybe they were just dumb. <laughs> they just like, walked I'm so it. fucking hungry. Wait. What if I cooked and ate myself? <laughs> Problem solved. I'm very plumped up for meeting my children, so... <laughs> We're all bloated and fat. We need to burn some of these calories off. What better way to burn than jump in the fire? I thought about this during this story and during uh, Alexander the Great, where they siege these cities and it just goes to shit inside the city while they're starving it to death. And you get inside, and everything's just, it's just going to shit, right? It's just piles of corpses, things are on fire, like there's a bunch of disheveled, emaciated people stumbling through the streets. Right. And it's gotta be, gotta be like a landlord who comes back to a rental property after like some like serious meth users have been in there for six months. He's like, well, shit, I guess it's, it's still fucking mine, but fuck. There's a lot of work to be done here, guys. This is its not something to be super proud of owning right now. We need to gut this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. You bring in Chip and Joe. They'll put up some shiplap. You know, arrange the, the corpses in an artsy-fartsy way on the wall. You know, they put some fake flowers in their mouths or some shit like that. Bring in a bunch of furniture and decorations that uh, you actually have to buy if you want to keep them. Yeah, man. Outside that's fucking crazy. Just saying. Yeah. They don't tell you that part while you're watching the show. It's like, oh, this is no, a beautiful no, no. room. Now it's an extra 20 grand if you want to keep all the decorations I just put in here. Mm -hmm. mm, uh, I don't know. I don't know who's worth it. Uh, okay, why not? And then you're heavily in debt. Your marriage falls apart. Your children hate you. And then you sit in front of your shiplap wall with the fake flowers and the open shelving. You slowly raise that special edition... Joanna Gaines Glock to your mouth. Boom! Jesus. <laughs> Turquoise Joanna Gaines Glock. <laughs> yeah. Well, following his victory at Saguntum, Hannibal then began his march toward Italy. Along the way, he crossed the Ebro River and the Pyrenees Mountains. His army combined with Celtic tribes in the area, known as Gaul, but he typically had to cast them aside because their loyalty had to be bought Unless you were actively fighting, they just bitched and moaned about how bored they were and defected anyway. So, 
the goals remind you of like when you were in your early 20s, you know, you first started going to bars with friends and shit like that. Mm -hmm. You always had that dude that was part of the group that might be a friend's friend or whatever, but you could tell he was just always trying to start shit, like always looking for a fight over something just innocuous, stirring shit up. It's because he knew he had like friends to back him up, even though he probably didn't. Like, <laughs> I wasn't going to fucking back that guy up if he started shit, but it's like, oh, I'm in a big group, like show, showing numbers, you know? Yeah. No. But that's what these Celtic tribes remind me of, though, because if they weren't fighting, they were just fucking bored. So they're constantly looking for a fight. Yeah. Now, it, um, I'm not going to lie. I may have been that guy. I mean, I never actually got into the bar fight. Really? You? There was something about dudes with faux hawks that just pissed me off. I can't put my finger on it. I have no idea why. Like, if I'm sober and I see somebody with a faux hawk, I don't give a shit. But when I'm drunk and you have a faux hawk, I'm like, you fucking arrogant bastard. I'm gonna knock you down a few pegs. Look how fucking happy you are. You think you're better than me with your fucking faux hawk? <laughs> and then, you know, I, I get so agitated and want to fight. My friends would always have to say, dude. They're not doing it. They haven't said a word to you. Like, they're across the fucking bar. Not for long. (laughs) (laughs) Not after I throw this beer bottle. Yeah. And just like the Celts, I would always fight naked with my face painted. And so, you know, my friends, they stopped inviting me out, basically. You know, they're like, we can't get another fucking one of these arrests, man backing you up because if you're naked we gotta be naked and then we gotta smear some fucking lipstick all over our face and start fighting it's a whole thing and you're just man you're ruining this for everybody okay fine (laughs) okay (laughs) half of that is true but I'm not gonna tell you which half (laughs) (laughs) well Rome was starting to get a little freaked out they had hoped to mass an army against Hannibal while he was still in Spain but he had moved too fast Now, he was approaching the Alps. The Romans didn't know shit about the Alps. They always viewed the massive mountain range as a natural barrier, so they had no idea Hannibal would even try to cross the mountains, let alone any idea where he might do so. They expected him to go along the Mediterranean coastline, and so that is where they waited. As he entered the foothills of the Alps, Hannibal encountered a Celtic tribe known as the Alabroge, who watched his army from the bluffs above. Hannibal knew they were going to ambush him, but he also knew that they left their watch posts at night and went home. Because no one ever fucking moves their armies at night, right, guys? <laughs> Just, uh, it's too fucking dark. Nah, we got shit to do. Meanwhile, the Carthaginians strap on their night vision goggles, and they got their strobe lights and all that, and they're just moving through the pass as the little bird helicopters buzz above. <laughs> they're Delta Force Carthaginians. <laughs> That night, Hannibal snuck his best soldiers up to the Alabroge watch posts, and he waited. The next morning, every single one of the Celtic warriors rushed out of their fort and toward the army supply train, and this was their basic strategy, just throw fucking everything at the other army at once. Basically how I played real-time strategy games, and that's why I sucked at them and just got destroyed. Oh, you rushed? Oh, I rushed. Not even rushed. I'm like turtling for like an hour and then i'm like i have this massive army go get them oh yeah that's not a good that's not a good idea i I was never good at them man i was (laughs) fucking stomped (laughs) hannibal descended upon the celts scared them off and then he just strolled right into their unguarded fort and stole all of their shit 
boss leather daddy move right there. <laughs> right? It's like you find out somebody's going to rob your house, and you're like, well, I know you have better stuff at your house, so as soon as you step out, I'm going right in your front door and taking all your stuff. <laughs> they walk in, it's just a poster of Goatsy on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Spray-painted gotcha right next to it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. They walk outside, and you're out there, and you're... 1985 Buick LeSabre and you're unloading their 65 inch flat screen from the roof. <laughs> ah, gotcha. You fell for it, you idiot. You dumb fucks. <laughs> this is mine now. Oh, he got us again. <laughs> First he steals our Goatsy poster and now the TV? <laughs> for all of the 12 year olds out there, please look up Goatsy. Just find it. You Don't. need to. <laughs> no. Well, it's I guess I shouldn't find. tell. It's hard to find I sh- now. I shouldn't tell that to twelve-year-olds either. I'm like, no, no, don't look that up, please. No. Well, we don't actually think any of our listeners are twelve. It'd be a strange twelve-year-old that uh, <laughs> listen to this kind of show, right? The weird kid that gets beat up every fucking day. Like the moment they can get anything done outside of the purview of supervision, it's it's gonna be porn. Nope, it's going to be this podcast. (laughs) Speaking as a former 12-year-old, two-time 12-year-old champ. (laughs) Almost three. No! You've had three. Three Three-time 12-year-old. There's a lot of of porn in there. (laughs) When you turned 36, you looked at your wife, she's like, guess who's 12 years old for the third time? She's like, this is weird. I don't know. Oh, I didn't even I'm think not, of it that way. <laughs> I'm not into that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess I am three-time 12-year-old champ. <laughs> well, a few days later, Hannibal and his army moved higher into the Alps. It was October, and the temperature plummeted. But Hannibal slept on the cold, hard ground with his men in order to inspire them. You think they cuddled? Oh, absolutely. You gotta, you gotta have the body warmth to stay alive. Hannibal had to be the big spoon because he was general. You know, you, you can't be the little spoon as a general. That's sending the wrong message, but yeah. Maybe they all got in their, like, Carthage-themed Snuggies. Maybe watched, uh, got on the couch, mm-hmm. watched reruns of Roseanne together, you know? <laughs> Back before she said all that crazy shit, of course. Yeah. I sucked his penis off some fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> <laughs> no! No! No? Wrong Hannibal. (laughs) Sorry. Turned into Dr. Hannibal again. You think that Hannibal ever just lopped off the twig and berries? He's like, these are mine now. He's... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Inserted a tube into him to keep him rigid. That's a joke for our Patreon listeners. Yes, it is. (laughs) Uh, If I was a cannibal, if I was like all of a sudden like, you know what? I'm going to eat me a person. Mm-hmm. Definitely be the penis first. <laughs> Big Bratwurst fan. I mean, yeah. You know? Cook it up with some peppers. Chili dog. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> some mustard. I haven't really thought it through. I'm just, you know, <laughs> on first Spit. instinct, I think I'd go for the penis first. We got to. It's, it's probably going to rot off before anything else, right? It's just a, that's ingrained in my DNA, I feel like. Yeah. There's no bone, so it's the easiest part to eat. I mean, unless you get them when they have that thing that they call angel's lust, where they're, you know, erect right after death, then there's a bone. But, uh, 
There's no bone. Before that. <laughs> There's not a bone when you get erect? Not in humans, no, sir. Oh. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> I've been wrong about so much my entire goddamn adult life. I'm always telling my wife, not so hard, you'll break the bone inside of it. Go gentle. You know it's soft in the middle? <laughs> it's like that part of your skull that's the fontanelle the babies have, and it takes like eight years for it to solidify. The middle of my penis is never solidified. Like, ever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Chris, that's what they mean when they call you baby dick. <laughs> Just waiting on that fontanelle to solidify in there. (laughs) The dick fontanelle, yes. Well, this trip through the Alps was pretty goddamn awful. The pack animals began to freeze and starve, as did Hannibal's men. A few days later, things got worse when another Celtic tribe attacked and killed several of the horses and elephants carrying supplies. Hannibal and his men were able to fight off the tribe, but they had done considerable damage. In early November, Hannibal and his army made it to the summit and began their descent down the Alps, which was somehow worse. Horses, men, and elephants frequently fell to their death. When they finally reached flat ground, they all basically had to lay around and do nothing for three straight days. It's the same thing I have to do every time I orgasm, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) And fellas. During his crossing of the Alps, Hannibal had lost almost half of his 38,000 troops. And that's so weird that they celebrate this, like this is a big deal, the crossing of the Alps. It really was. It was an accomplishment, but it was so costly. It didn't really help him so much as hinder him. I think if he'd attacked along the south as Rome was expecting, he probably still would have won the battles and not lost, you know, 20,000 dudes to the freezing cold and, you know, falling down fucking mountains. Possibly. We will never know. Well, now they were in Italy, and they had done what no army had done before in history. It was finally time to fight the Romans. Hannibal said to his men, British accent, engage. North and south, the sea hems you in. You have not a single ship to escape in to save your lives. Facing you is the Po. Behind you is the alpine barrier, which even in the flower and freshness of your strength, you almost failed to cross. You must conquer, or die. The two Roman armies in the area were led by Publius Cornelius Scipio, who was a trained military leader, and Tiberius Sempronius Longus, who gave himself his own last name, and who was also an aristocrat and kind of a blowhard idiot. Tiberius Longus reminds me of Carl Hungus from Log Jammin. <laughs> it reminded me of uh, Biggest Dickus from Life of Brian, Monty Python movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think your ancient Roman name would be like an amalgamation of both of their names. You'd be Publius Longus. <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of hair. Uh-huh. That, that, just that's a, how I... a thatch of, of hair. <laughs> yeah. Button on a fur coat, Yeah, some would say. When I'm with a lady, you're like, oh, I get it. Your pubes are so long that it makes your dick seem even tinier. I'm like, that's why I do it, ladies. What do you mean, even tinier? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Tiberius Longus's original name was Tiberius Two Inches. 
And he's like, no, that's that's not going to work. We need to change that up. <laughs> the first one to face Hannibal was Publius Scipio when both sides' cavalry scouts stumbled upon each other at the river Ticinus. The battle unfolded quickly. The heavy infantry clashed in the middle of the lines while the cavalry units attempted to outflank each other. Unfortunately for Publius, Hannibal had fast-moving Numidian cavalry, and they soon surrounded the Romans and began to attack from the rear. My favorite! (laughs) (laughs) And Numidia was a region on the eastern edge of Carthage. They were African cavalry, and they were very good at their job. Very fast-trained horsemen. Not to take away from Greg's uh, comment right before that, because it's my favorite too, Greg. We should hang out sometime. We can't both attack each other from the rear, I guess. (laughs) I guess it won't work. Never mind. I was running through the logistics of my head. Is this possible? (laughs) Chasing our own tails like a couple of dogs. (laughs) This is just the gayest game of musical chairs ever. (laughs) The music stops and somebody has to sit down The other guy has to sit down Never mind Anyway (laughs) We're like dogs In the bad bad part of town You drive by and you just see one dog stuck to the other dog by the butt And you're like What the fuck happened there? (laughs) You know because they fucking swell And then they can't uh, They can't release for a while Anyway (laughs) Okay yeah Publius Scipio was severely injured, and he had to be rescued by his 18-year-old son, who was also named Publius Cornelius Scipio. He felt that burden, and he wanted to pass it on down. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm not the only pube in this family. <laughs> Eventually, the entire Roman army was in retreat. Hannibal had won his first encounter against Rome. About a month later, Tiberius two inches longest arrived with his army. They were fresh recruits who weren't properly trained. They got their helmets on backwards. They're skiing down the hills on their shields, man. They're like they're cleaning their spears and somehow stab themselves in the stomach. Scipio <laughs> said, man, just take the winner and regroup and train your dudes. Longest said, hold my vinegar-based wine and he went out to fight Hannibal. (laughs) Hannibal knew that the Romans were coming for him, and he split his army and hid part of it behind the rise along the river. The morning of the battle, it was sleeting and snowing. Hannibal woke his men up early, fed them, and got them to cover themselves in grease to keep warm. That's why he did it. (laughs) No, no. Form a single file line. (laughs) I have the grease, one at a time. He's got a spatula with a fried egg on it. He's like, eat it slow, eat it slow. And he's just like, the other hand is rubbing grease on their pecs. (laughs) Why are you only putting uh, grease on the the pecs and the buttocks, sir? (laughs) Well, that's where the the heat is released from the body. Yeah. Well, I I think it's actually the head. Well, that's why I'm tongue kissing them for good luck while I do that. (laughs) Sir, there's thousands of them. Well, I know. That's why I'm so dehydrated. (laughs) Oh, you want me to rub grease on your head? Well, and he just like reaches downward. No, 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 not that one. No, up here. 
that thing's basically acting like a, a heat sink, a wick. It's wicking all the heat off your body. Let's put some grease on it. Ain't nothing hotter than and that dick. And let me just go ahead and put a grease plug in that in that butt so no heat escapes the body. <laughs> Goddamn Hannibal is the worst uncle I've ever had. The Celts were immediately regretting their decision to always fight naked. They're like, you know, <laughs> might be time to cover up. This guy's taking advantage of the situation. <laughs> well, after he greased up his men, Hannibal launched a charge at Longus, fired a few arrows, and then his men retreated. Longus took the bait and followed Hannibal's horsemen right into a freezing river. The Roman soldiers either drowned or came out soaked in freezing water. And uh pro tip for all you survivalists out there, I've seen several episodes of whatever the Bear Grylls show was called, and he says if you get in freezing water and you come out, the first thing you should do, strip naked. Get those wet clothes off of you. The second thing you should do is take some pictures for Snapchat and hit me up. The third thing you should do is break all the ice off of you, because that's what freezing water is. Oh! <laughs> Thank you, Craig. Greg Nye the Science Buy. <laughs> <laughs> just curious though just by curious <laughs> it's just it doesn't rhyme the curious part doesn't rhyme. yeah I, I don't know yeah. yeah not bisexual I won't respond to your messages on Grinder, but it's nice to receive them <laughs> <laughs> once the Romans had crossed the freezing river the hidden Carthaginians then attacked from the flank the Romans attempted to retreat but even more drowned in the river or were trampled by Hannibal's elephants Longus fled the battlefield and sent word to Rome that a quote-unquote terrible storm had deprived him of his victory. My dog ate my homework, I swear. Yeah. He actually took a little bit of time, uh, a few weeks, to send them word of what had happened, because he's like trying to find the best way to phrase it. And it's not, hey, I made these dudes march through freezing fucking water wearing heavy armor, and then they got smashed by a bunch of fucking elephants. He's like, what? Who's the elephant? Elements, not the yeah. elephants. Elephants, let's scratch that out. Elephants, they won't believe me anyway. Elephants in Italy, that doesn't make sense. Um, uh, you know what? It, it it snowed, and that 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 was bad for us. And someone in Rome was like, well, the other guys were fighting in snow. Like, what was the deal there? Like, what was the problem? Um, well... I don't like to touch dudes' dongs, so I didn't grease them up before the battle. That's my bad. I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> grease them. And smear that bacon grease all along their areolas. In his first two battles, Hannibal's army had killed upwards of 20,000 Romans and had only lost about 2,000 of his own men. The Celts and the Gauls were so impressed by his victory that they joined up with the army and his ranks swelled to over 40,000 soldiers. Sadly, let's pour one out, fellas. By the end of the second battle, almost half the Zelvents had been sent to that big top circus in the sky. <laughs> yes, in this version, elephants, even when they go to heaven, they're just there to entertain drunken idiots that throw peanuts at them as they do stupid tricks. Worse yet... Hannibal was about to meet his match in a Roman general who thought that the best way to win a war was to refuse to fight in it. Hmm. 
Same way I win fights with my wife, by the way. She's like, I've heard your podcast. I hear the things you say about dudes. I'm just going to ignore you. I'm going to go upstairs. <laughs> open grinder on my phone. Look at this guy, honey. He doesn't care about my podcast. Scroll. <laughs> you guys really start like getting into a fight and you turn around, you start walking out of the room. She's like, where are you going now? You come back. You've already got the ball gag in. You hand her the uh, <laughs> black leather studded paddle and you just pull down your pants and bend over. Ready mm-hmm. for your punishment. Yep. She's like, no, I'm not doing this again. I know that you like it. <laughs> no, I don't. I hate it. I, Please I pr- don't. I promise that I hate it. Why do you have a boner? <laughs> it's actually not a bone, honey. It's soft in the it's middle. Soft Trust in me. in the middle. <laughs> Just look at my fontanelle. <laughs> <laughs> when I have to fake my death and change my name, you know, to get away from all the debt I've accumulated. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to change it to Dick Fontenelle. I think that's a very strong name. I mean, it's kind of soft in the middle, but it's a very strong name. <laughs> There's no middle name. <laughs> yeah, no. Dick, Dick K. Fontenelle. Eh, it's soft in the middle, but yeah. Dick Charmin Fontenelle. <laughs> uh, it kind of sounds like a legitimate name. That's the best part. <laughs> that's how I get away with it, man. That's how I get away with it. Welcome to Hunter Proof History. Uh, Chris is dead. My name is Dick Charmin Fontenelle. <laughs> I mean, the Charmin part makes it sound fake as fuck. But <laughs> on, on the surface, Dick Fontenelle? Legit. Yep. All right. Well, let's take a break. Let's go uh, eat some food. Rethink everything we've said in the first half. Come back even stronger. Let's do it. All right, welcome back from break. I know it was an exciting 10 seconds for you guys. You got all fucking pumped up. You're like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to take a break. And then here we are. We're back again. It's very disappointing. It's uh, 10 seconds of disappointment. It's kind of my thing. Just saying. Classic Chris. That's me. You're a sexy host. Anyway, Gregory, it is time once again. For America's favorite segment, Second Half Seltzer. Second Half Seltzer. Second Half Seltzer. Second Half Seltzer. And a three, a two, a one. I now have two open seltzers. I did that just for you, listener. I have to double chug right now, but that's okay. I love you that much. Gregory. Are you ready to tell these people the second half of this story? Oh, you you know it to be true. I do know it to be true. This thing on? <laughs> I have to do the same thing in bed with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Following his first couple of victories, Hannibal spent the winter hanging out with the Celt tribe known as the Boyi. That's the plural of boyus. They're a bunch of hip Breakdancing dudes with boomboxes. Yeah, the alarm clock hanging from their neck. Mm-hmm. But once the spring came, Hannibal once again surprised Rome by deciding to cut through the Arno marshes. 
The marshes were really just one giant swamp filled with the melting runoff from the nearby Alps. There was shallow water and mud, but no real land, so Hannibal and his army trudged on, day and night, for four straight days. The horses and elephants became stuck in the mud and died where they stood, which actually allowed the men to briefly rest on their corpses before pushing forward. It's kind of like that movie, The Neverending Story. I don't know if our listeners remember it, but the horse, I think his name is Artax, dies in these swamps. And it's just this big tearjerker moment. And Atreyu's like, oh no, I have to leave behind my best friend. But in real life, he would be thinking, all right, finally a proper bed, man. I'm going to sleep up all on that corpse. <laughs> it's a fluffy motherfucker. <laughs> Real plush corpse. There were no fires, there was no fresh water, and disease ran rampant. It was during this four-day stretch in the swamp that Hannibal contracted an infection, which caused him to lose one of his eyes. But when his army came out of this wasteland, they immediately stumbled upon a Roman force near Lake Trasimene. Hannibal hid his army in the hills near the lake, and once the enemy moved down the narrow road along it, he launched his attack and once again devastated the Roman forces. It was at this point that Rome appointed a man named Quintus Fabius Maximus to lead their army. Fabius came up with a brilliant strategy. He decided the best way not to lose to Hannibal was to absolutely refuse to fight him. Instead, he marched his army alongside Hannibal's. Any town he felt that Hannibal would pillage, Fabius had evacuated and burned. And every time Hannibal sent out a raiding party, Fabius would avoid direct conflict and would instead harass Hannibal from a distance. Eventually, Fabius was able to trap Hannibal and his army. Hannibal was in a bad position, and if he tried to fight his way out, he would probably be slaughtered. Bad position. Reverse cowgirl after a chili cook-off. <laughs> oh, no. Go. No, no. What's yours? Uh, bad position. Like trying to squeeze into the floorboard of a Toyota Camry in the teacher's parking lot. And a student doesn't notice you while you're trying to get, uh, you know, to know the counselor of the school a little bit better. Mr. Mr. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Mr. We'll just leave it at that. Yes. Him or her. We'll also leave it ambiguous. (laughs) Yes. Very ambiguous. Yes. (laughs) But late that night, Hannibal had his men tie bundles of dry sticks to the horns of his cattle. He then lit the bundles on fire and sent them towards Fabius. You know, since it was nighttime to the Romans, it appeared as if the Carthaginian army was coming straight for them. Sir, here come the Punics, and they're mooing, just as they do all the time. They're marching in pairs. I can hear the bells that they hang around their necks ringing. While they were distracted, Hannibal and his men escaped through a nearby mountain pass. Genius, by the way, this whole move. Oh, yeah. He went through the mines of Moria, voided the Balrog. He said, I shall pass, motherfuckers. That's a little Lord of the Rings joke for you guys. Gollum was, he was still there, though. Oh, yeah. But he had taken off his little, just tiny loincloth. And he was sitting there just fucking beating off. He was Gollum. (laughs) He was his alternate persona. Yes. My precious, my precious. He's like, I think I found your ring. And he's like, no. He's just fucking sitting there beating his dick. My precious. 
He never wanted the ring. <laughs> he didn't. His precious was the orgasm he found along the way. No, it was actually, it was Bilbo. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Bilbo was down there blindfolded with his mouth open. <laughs> On the other side of the, of the hole in the cave wall. <laughs> oh. Anyway, by this time, the Roman Senate wasn't super thrilled with Fabius's performance. And so they sent two more consuls out with new, raw Roman legions. They rode out to meet Hannibal in battle. The two sides met just outside of the town of Cannae. The Carthaginians had about 30,000 troops and another 10,000 cavalry. The Romans brought 80,000 troops and over 6,000 cavalry soldiers. Seems like an easy victory for the Romans, okay? Just uh, they got this in the bag. Don't even tell the story, let's just keep going. <laughs> Hannibal lined up his infantry in the middle of his line and put his badass cavalry on his flanks. The Romans matched this and lined up in a similar fashion. The two sides launched at each other. Just like in his first battle with Publius Scipio, Hannibal's cavalry quickly gained an advantage and began to slaughter the Roman horsemen. At the same time, Hannibal ordered the center of his line to retreat. The Roman infantry, unaware that their cavalry was getting dominated, charged after the retreating Carthaginians. It was about this time that the Roman cavalry leader said, Fuck this shit and fled the battle. Hannibal's cavalry then wheeled in behind the Roman infantry and began to descend upon them. Attacking from the behind. Hey, hey. favorite. Well, what happened next was an absolute slaughter. The day was hot and dry. Dust filled the air as the exhausted Romans fought for their lives, but were literally crushed by the mass of humanity that surrounded them and pushed them further inwards upon each other. When the dust settled, between 55,000 and 70,000 Romans lay dead on the ground. Hey, Greg. Hmm. That's a lot of dead Romans. It is. It, it is. is indeed. Between this and them being forced to cross that freezing river we mentioned earlier, I'm going to go ahead and say that it kind of sucked ass to be a Roman soldier. Just go get fucking destroyed. Just cross a frozen river, you know, get crushed by this human wave. You know, your own people are stepping on you and smashing you. and You can't breathe. You can't raise your arms to fight. You're just trapped in the middle waiting to die. I'm going to say not the best occupation. These guys should have chosen a different job. Bunch of idiots. Poor Romans. Yeah. But what if instead of Romans, they were Romas mm -hmm. and somebody offered you a million dollars if in a year's time you could eat. 55,000 Roma tomatoes. Nope. Couldn't do it. You wouldn't do it? I can't. I don't like tomatoes. So I'm automatically But you can out. take them like pills. <sighs> like a whole Roma at once? Oh, I'm thinking cherry tomatoes, not Roma. Fuck. I'm good at deep throating, but I think that would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's 150 a day. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think you could do that with the cherry tomatoes. I just, I looked it up. Doctor, what is wrong with this human? He's turned red. <laughs> what is this, a fucking child's cartoon? He ate a bunch of red things, now he's red. Hey, if you eat a bunch of carrots, you turn orange. It's a true thing. Beta carotene. That's different. Is it? Yeah, there's not beta tomatotene. You stupid fuck. <laughs> well, Hannibal had led one of the greatest military victories of all time. It was so impressive that for the next 2,000 plus years... 
almost every great military would attempt to copy his double envelopment tactic. One of which being the German army we just talked about in our last episode, focusing on mm-hmm. World War One. And it is very true, because when I first learned about this battle, the way that it was lined up and the number of troops you had in each area, it was very obvious to me what the strategy was going to be. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, you're so vastly outnumbered in everything but cavalry. So, I think the obvious move is to, you probe them, and then draw them into attacking your quote-unquote retreat as you flank them with cavalry, boom, double pincer, you got them. Right. Yeah, but... To me, it's I know that because it's just so ingrained when you read about things like this over and over throughout history. When you when you see this, it's like, oh, it's, it's so obvious. But this is the first time it's been done on this scale. Right. And the Romans didn't expect it. And, you know, obviously this is a BCE battle. They don't have great communications. So they don't know their cavalry's gone. And so they're like, oh, these guys are retreating. We're winning the battle. Let's, let's get them, guys. Let's charge. And then all of a sudden, they're surrounded and just getting smashed. From the rear. <laughs> <laughs> and the front DP'd into submission. Eiffel towered. Yeah. Well, the Roman army was decimated, and there was nothing standing between Hannibal and the city of Rome, but he decided not to attempt a siege of the actual city. This is a decision which has caused debate among historians ever since. Hannibal decided the victory at Cannae would force Rome to negotiate peace, and he knew his small army with a lack of siege weaponry would likely fail to capture what was the world's basically most heavily fortified city. But still, people wonder what might have been if he had made the opposite decision. It turns out what happened next was a whole bunch of nothing. See, the defeat at Cannae made everyone respect Fabius Maximus once again, and they decided to listen to him this time. He focused on rebuilding and training a new army through mandatory conscription and resumed his harassing attacks on Hannibal's position. Hannibal would spend another 13 years in Italy, but wouldn't accomplish hardly a fucking thing because the Romans had focused on defending their heavily fortified cities while going full scorched earth on their entire countryside. And this strategy became known as the Fabian Strategy. And it's something George Washington instituted during the American Revolution, something Sam Houston instituted during the Texas Revolution. It's massively unpopular because it makes you feel like you're losing. You're not fighting. You're always running. You're always burning ground, you know, uh, burning crops and all that. But it's effective because as supply lines get longer for your enemy, Mm -hmm. you gain strength and then you can launch that final attack when they're weakened. They don't have the supplies they need and you've greatly outnumbered them. Your guys are trained and all that. Right, because you're getting closer and closer to your supply line while you're making them further and further from theirs, and you're destroying anything that might help them along right. the way. And it's kind of yeah. the Russians also did something similar to the Germans when they invaded. Oh, they did the shit out of it. Yeah, <laughs> and they got they got a little help from old Father Winter, but uh, yeah. Well, it was during the same period that Rome decided to focus on capturing Spain while Hannibal dicked around in Italy. Spain was defended by Hannibal's brother, Hasdrubal, and he wasn't quite the general that Hannibal was. He quickly lost control of Spain and moved into northern Italy to try and draw attention away from Hannibal, who was in the south. That's kind of like, this is how my brother-in-law feels, like, all the time. Like, he's accomplished, and he's got, like, 
stand up for me, the, the idiot who messes everything up and just ruin everybody's lives and guys borrow money from my sister all the time so I can, you know, pay off my gambling debts. And he's like, I am your Hannibal. So you're Hasdrubal. And I'm like, wait, no, that doesn't make sense. I don't understand what you're talking about. He's like, read the book. And that's why we're here. That's why how we got to this episode. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm fucking your sister. I'm like, God damn it. Why do you always have to remind me of that? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when Publius Cornelius Silver and Gold Scipio Jr. took over a legion <laughs> and began to steal all of Hannibal's tricks. Up to this point in Roman history, if you didn't line up in a straight line and duke it out, you were fighting a dishonorable battle. Scipio said fuck that noise and began to run flanking maneuvers and ambushes on his enemies. Eventually, he went up against Hasdrubal, wiped out the Carthaginians, and sent Hasdrubal's head to Hannibal in a basket with a message that read, There lies the fate of Carthage. So that's kind of a fucking... That's big dick move. Right <laughs> that's there. a baller move. Yeah, I was like, holy God, shit. Damn. When I read that, I was like, oh my God. Like, hey, not only is your brother dead, but... uh your country's about to fucking die, too. Congratulations. It's like playing online video games where it's like, you fucking... And then you just, you know, insert racial epithet here. <laughs> but then, like, you immediately feel bad. Yeah. You know, it's not like this dude dropped this in a post office box. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. And you can't get it back. Like, you can be like, ah, just fucking bring that... No. Hey, bring me that dude's head. You got the head, and he's like, oh, wait... He thought about the note for a while, he wrote it, put it in there, taped it, put the address, the return address on there and all that. The guy's walking away. It's not like the fucking UPS truck or something. No, it's he can be like of the journey. Dude could be a, the dude could be like 200 yards away. He could just be like, hey, I've calmed down. No, I've calmed yeah, just let no, him go. Dude. Fuck. You think Scipio's thinking about that monster? I wonder if he got it yet. I wonder if he got it. He probably got it. He, he's probably thinking about it right now. He like drew a, his own dick on the note. He's like, <laughs> here lies the fate of Carthage. And it's a dick and it's got this, always has the spurting coming out. He traced his own penis on the paper. That poor courier has to take like a six month journey with the head and it's just rotting and it smells awful. He's like, I'm sorry. Can you sign for this? He's asked for a signature upon receipt. I'm sorry. Could you? (laughs) I didn't look in the basket. He hands the box directly to him and then pulls out his cell phone and takes a picture of it. (laughs) So he can can prove that he, you know, left it on the doorstep. But it still says left receptionist or front desk. And he's like, that doesn't Uh make. No, no, he left it with the homeowner. I don't understand what you're saying here. Why does that say that? It's like, oh, it was just one of the options, guy. I'm sorry. I I just want to get the job done, you know? Hannibal logs in. He's like, hey, I never received this. So they have to send another one of his <laughs> brother's heads. <laughs> Fool was lying and got two brother's heads for the price of one. They said, hey, we need you to go to Kohl's and drop off this head and put a little return note on it <laughs> so we can send you the new head. Don't mind that their customer service is in the complete opposite corner of the store from the entrance. Right. So that you have to walk by all the shit you might buy. That's not why we're having you go there. <laughs> they were just nice enough to take packages for us. That's all. You drop the package off and like, you have $6 in Kohl's cash. Oh! Here's oh. a 15% off coupon. Oh, oh, God. Everything's already on sale and it's 15% more off? 
Oh, oh God. Man, I'm so lucky that I came to Kohl's during a sale. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hannibal walks out there with a, a new sports coat, and he's just like, okay, well, I hope I get the right head sooner or later. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> I feel like this is a win for me. I mean, it was on sale. <laughs> right? you know how much I saved? <laughs> You didn't save anything because it's always on sale, honey. <laughs> I mean, I mean Hannibal. Hannibal. <laughs> Scipio then decided to take the fight straight to Carthage. Once there, his Roman army wrecked shop and humiliated the Carthaginians on their home turf. Twice. It was then that the leaders of Carthage asked Hannibal to get his ass back home and kick some fucking Roman goddamn keister. <laughs> yeah. He hopped on a boat and booked it back to Africa. Oh, by the way, Carthage is in Africa. We didn't mention that before, it's fine. Well, by this point, most of his hardened veterans were in their mid-forties, which made them practically useless in battle, and his young troops were completely inexperienced. I know exactly how they feel, the mid-forties guys. But you're also inexperienced, so... <laughs> you're like true. the worst of both worlds. <laughs> That's fair, yeah. He did have a whole lot of new elephants, but they were also untrained. Also, the Romans had figured out that if they shot the elephants with flaming arrows or just blasted trumpets at full volume, they'd freak the fuck out and trample the Carthaginians. It's so crazy to me that it took this long for them to figure that out because, like we talked about in our Alexander the Great series, he immediately figured out how to beat the elephants once he was in India. He's like, let's just stab their eyes. When we stab their eyes, they go crazy. And they trample everything, and they're useless in battle. But this is, you know, a thousand years later, and they're like, what do we do? What, what do we do about elephants? Oh, I don't know. Let's just play some loud music. Let's play Turn Down for What? And they're like, oh, shit, that's awful. And they start stomping our own dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine it was probably they got close to some of the people signaling what the other flanks should be doing. Because that's how they communicated in battle yeah. back in the the olden days, um, and then noticed the consequential effect of, oh, those giant fucking killing machines, uh, they don't like this so much. Right. It gets communicated back down the line, and uh, there you go. And suddenly, you're playing the Mighty Mighty Boston's on their trumpets. The elements are freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> A little real big fish. Oh, yeah. no one knows that, but no one knows Mighty Mighty Bostones. I don't know what the hell is happening anymore. Ska's Ska dead. Ska music, goddammit! <laughs> Ska's dead. Well, yeah, it's been like 20 years since he uh, died, I, right? I'm old, goddammit. I'm going to listen to some Ska <laughs> as soon as we're done. Okay, anyway. Well, because of the handicaps we mentioned, and because of his own numerical superiority, Scipio was incredibly confident. So much so that when he found out Hannibal had sent spies to scout his army, Scipio invited them in and showed them around, just to flaunt how much shit he had. Before they met in battle, Hannibal and Scipio met face to face, at which point Scipio refused Hannibal's request for peace. And so, the two armies met at Zama, in Carthage. Hannibal led with his elephants, but their charge was deflected, sending the elephants smashing into the cavalry on Hannibal's right flank. Then Roman cavalry was able to flank both sides of the Carthaginian line. And, as maybe you're picking up on by now, Zama became a reverse Kanai. 
the Carthaginians were destroyed and Hannibal was forced to run for his life. Carthage and Rome agreed to a treaty in which Carthage basically lost everything and had to pay Rome a shitload of silver coins from their mines each year. Hannibal spent a little time working as a judge, but when he said the rich should be taxed equally with the poor, the wealthy Carthaginians spread rumors that Hannibal was once again working to raise an army against Rome. Hmm. God damn that Bernie. <laughs> yep, seize the means of production. That's all I'm saying. Just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the Romans sent soldiers to arrest Hannibal, at which point he was forced to flee his home in Carthage. Hannibal bounced around the Mediterranean over the next 18 years. Lucky. He worked main... It's a beautiful country. He just got to see all of it. Got on this, this cruise, got on the Mediterranean mm. cruise all around. Ate tapas. Yeah, you know. Uh, got that duty-free alcohol. Those giant bottles of booze. That- mm, duty. <laughs> Glass coffee table. Mm. Alcohol, some duty. Mm. I want to go on that cruise. Yeah. I want to hop on a Tom cruise. But then you might catch Scientology and your life got might get ruined. Well, I'm wearing a piss condom. I mean, I can't, uh, <laughs> you can't, can't catch, catch anything, it. right? <laughs> Let me tell you about my lord and savior, Xenu. I'm like, oh, I'm out. I'll see you later. <laughs> Stick it in, Tom. Oh, I don't have a condom. It's okay. I'm wearing one. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how it works. Yes. <laughs> Why is there pee all over my mattress now? <laughs> Let's just say the damn burst. What does that mean? What the fuck? <laughs> well, Jazzino, you dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> you freaking weirdo. You run out of the room, but Tom Miskovich fucking tackles you. <laughs> Get in the cell with my wife. <laughs> anyway, uh, Hannibal worked mainly as a military advisor to other countries and tribal leaders. He eventually wound up in the small nation of Bithynia, where he worked with the king, Prusius I. But Rome was still hot to trot to arrest Hannibal, and when they threatened Prusius, he immediately snitched on him. Hannibal had a choice. He could surrender and face trial in Rome, where he would likely be executed, or he could kill himself and deny them the pleasure. Hannibal never did like to surrender, and so he gulped down some poison and died in 183 BCE at the age of 70. Pretty good. Dude made it to 70 back then? Yeah. That's a that's a straight up grand dilf right there. And not only that, he swallowed his poison, he jumped in a river, and it was like eight inches deep. He's like, fuck you guys, I know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking dummies from the last show. <laughs> you dummies from two thousand years from now, fucking morons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it also wasn't even the last show, it was a couple shows ago. Whatever. In the end. Hannibal had failed to destroy Rome, but his tactical genius forced them to not only change the way they fought wars, but also to instate conscription to make sure they always had an army at the ready. He might not be considered as great as Alexander, but a one-eyed general leading a charging army from atop a war elephant is kind of about as badass as a historical icon can be. End of story. I'm surprised there's not a Sabaton song about Hannibal. On top of an elephant, one-eyed, playing that double guitar, 
from Led Zeppelin as he leads the charge into battle. Man, that'd be badass. Just... Better now! <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was uh, probably a pretty scary-looking dude. Yeah, by the end of his life, yeah, I bet. Just atop the war elephant with the patch on his eye and all that grease on his hands. <laughs> yeah. Touching all the soldiers. He's got a frying pan full of fried eggs. He's like, take a bite. Take off your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Gregory. It is time for Fast Facts. Fast Fact number one. No one is entirely sure where Carthage bought their elephants. Some believe they were Indian or African elephants since they would have been close to the Carthaginian trade routes. But there are also several historians who suspect that the elephants were a tougher breed that has since gone extinct. Fast Fact number two. The Battle of Kanai is noted as one of, if not the bloodiest single day of battle in world history. Over 30,000 gallons of blood were spilled. The mortality rate of the combined forces was well over 50%, and it is estimated that over 20% of all military-aged Roman males died that day. Fast fact number three. Hannibal's military idol was, of course, Alexander the Great. Interestingly enough, during his exile from Carthage at the end of his life, Hannibal spent a considerable amount of time in Tyre, the island that Alexander turned into a peninsula just so he could kill the people inside. Fast fact number four. Because of his victories in Carthage, Publius Scipio Jr. was renamed Scipio Africanus. He was initially hailed as a hero, but the wealthy Roman senators turned against him when he spoke in defense of Hannibal, and he too went into exile. When he died, his epitaph read, Ungrateful fatherland, you will not even possess my bones. All right, we did it again. I feel like it's a very interesting story. I hope we told it well. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Once again, you can find us at 100 Proof History on social media, 100proofhistory.com. There you'll find the information for our Patreon where you can get bonus episodes, early releases, and all of our old episodes Gregory what else Mm, that is all until next time Clarice (laughs) bye bye